to So Connected, the podcast for people trying to cultivate joy, purpose, and community in their lives. I'm Catherine. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to check in about how we're doing on our intentions for this year, since we are somehow already almost halfway through it. But first, let's check in about how it's going in life lately. What are your highs and lows right now, Catherine? My high was that our vacation was wonderful. We were in New Mexico for 10 days. And it was just a really, really great change of scenery. I had some reluctance about taking a domestic vacation because I just tend to really love international travel. But it was so good to see different sites after having been in Arkansas for a year and a half. And also to just get uninterrupted time with my kids and with Nathan and just to have some time where I wasn't having to think about work. Um, The mountains were really beautiful and I just like felt so tiny And the desert was also really beautiful because we sort of toured around different parts of New Mexico. Um, And Nathan and I kept saying, the desert's beautiful too, in its own way, (laughs) which I think is kind of a sign that we were like, we're not desert people. Um, But yeah, overall, we had a great time. We went to a monastery and we hiked Wheeler Mountain, which is the highest mountain in New Mexico. We went to the farmer's market in Albuquerque, which was really cool and different than the farmer's markets around here. And then one of my favorite things was just seeing how much my kids loved each of the Airbnbs that we stayed at. There was like a Murphy bed and a hide bed. And there was like a shower that like shot water out sideways. And they're just like (laughs) so amused by all of these things. Those were actually their highlights. There was a shower curtain that had a mandala on it. And that was Suki's favorite thing about the whole vacation. So It was just fun to kind of reminisce and remember how enjoyable those things are. We had a great time. I love it. Congratulations. I'm so glad you all got that experience together. Thanks. Yeah, it was really fun. And then my love right now is just the heat, which is so petty and ridiculous. I do not like how hot (laughs) summer is. And so I'm like, you can't start complaining about it this early, Catherine. Albuquerque was really hot and dry. And then we came home and Arkansas is now really hot and humid. And I don't know. I'm going to not complain about it all summer, I promise. But I guess if that's my worst low, then I'm doing all right. What about you, Sarah? What are your highs and lows right now? Well, I'm still on vacation in Hawaii. We I planned this trip right after the snowpocalypse hit. Austin. And so I was like, we are getting out of this town for as much time as we can. So we are here for 20 days, which is a very long vacation. It was also cheaper to get an Airbnb for that long. So we actually got one for a whole month and got a monthly discount. So we are here and Hawaii's been on my bucket list for a long time. And I'm this is my first time coming. So I'm just so grateful to finally be able to make it work. It's such a treat after lockdown and quarantining and just the stress of the school year. And I'm also really grateful that I'm here while I'm still relatively young. I'm 43 and this place is really demanding. Like we are we are off the beaten path. We are not in touristy Hawaii. We are like in like roughing it Hawaii places where the nice. locals will like they'll only hike it with an ATV or with a golf cart and we're there like on foot. Um, so I'm <laughs> glad that I can be here while I can still manage it. That's awesome. I'm glad you're getting some outside time. Definitely. And I'm, I'm really grateful because we almost kind of spent the summer like in Cleveland, like I was going to do a home swap with someone. And I finally was just like, after that 
snowpocalypse hit, I was like, I just, I need to have something big to really look forward to. So I'm glad that we made that adjustment and made it work in the budget and just made it happen. That's good. Yeah. Your pictures have been beautiful. Thank you. My low is just, we're in this weird space because it's 20 days. It's like, that's a really long time for a vacation. So when I'm on vacation, I normally like don't follow any, follow any rules about eating healthy or exercising. I'm just like, I'm on vacation. But doing that for 20 days straight like doesn't actually leave you feeling really good. And I just don't have any willpower when the food is right in front of me. I can go to the grocery store and not buy it. But if it is right there because Matt is buying it or the kids are really craving it, then I just want to stuff my face with it. <laughs> um, so that's really hard, um, especially because I've been trying to prioritize healthy eating and exercise like as I head into perimenopause. So I'm just kind of feeling the, the effects of that on my body. Um, but I'm excited to get back into it. I finally decided like, I'm just going to go the vacation route. It's not, I'm not going to have qualms about how long it is. I'm just going to be on vacation. So it's going well. Um, And then there was also a mass shooting in Austin recently. And it's just so heartbreaking how normalized these things are. They're just happening all the time, every day, everywhere. And this is just the country that we live in. And I, I still can't stomach that. So that's been really hard. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. It's so hard. Now let's talk about today's topic. Halfway to home, our mid-year check-in. I honestly can't believe it's almost July, Catherine, but here we are. Uh, Let's start by answering this question. Which intention are you doing the best on? Well, as you know, I I had four intentions for this year that were sort of more an orientation towards who I want to be and less about things I want to accomplish. And so I'm just going to give you like a brief update on what's going well about each of the four. Um, So the first one was to work on being more true to myself. I feel like the work that I've been doing sort of through my individual practice and then in therapy and in spiritual direction, I've really made a lot of progress towards that, towards just like that journey towards authenticity. I think that's an ongoing process and not something that I'm like going to accomplish, but I think just sort of being more grounded in that um, is something that I've I've definitely made progress towards. And then I've also been able to, because of still working from home, really prioritize making sure I'm getting in long walks and regular yoga and bike rides and hikes, which I've really enjoyed. So those were kind of two, two things that um, sort of like tuning into myself more, two things that I was prioritizing. And then the second one is being present with my family. And one of those was to invest invest in the gift of marriage. And I think that Nathan and I, again, just because we're working from home, we've really been much more connected and just spending a lot more time checking in with each other and spending time together, which has been great. And then another thing in that category for me that's gone well is to spending unplanned time together with the family. I think this is something I've really learned during the pandemic, which we've talked about before, is how I just don't want our family time to be super overbooked with activities. And we've continued to do really well with that. And then the third intention that I had is to be intentional with our resources. And one of the things was to spend time in nature, because I feel like that always kind of connects me to my environmental goals and also my goals of just wanting to be connected with people. And so I feel like that's been going really well. Again, just 
partially because of lack of options of not having as many social things going on, but we have been just outside more. And then the third, and then the the other part of that one is to spend and save with the future in mind, um, which I also feel like has been partially COVID related as like, we're just not shopping or doing as much, but also partially um, our intention is to really focus on some future goals we have for our finances. So we've been doing that. And then the last one is to be engaged with the world. And I think, you know, part of that for me is through my work and through my job, which has obviously been going well this year. And then another one of the parts of that was I, the beginning of the year, I set the intention for doing this podcast. I was excited about starting that. And so that's been um, something that's been going well and I've enjoyed. And then a third part of that is to connect, that's been going well, is to connect meaningfully with friends. And um, I think I've I've had some unique opportunities in the last six months to connect with some people that I hadn't spent, hadn't been as close to recently just because they don't live close by. And I'm really bad at remembering to follow up with friends who live in other places, but I've sort of been able to do that really well. And so that's been going really well for me. That's a lot to celebrate. It's a huge success. Yeah, it's kind of a long list. What about you, Sarah? What's been going well for you? Um, well, at the end of last year, I felt really confused when everyone was like, I'm so glad 2020 is finally over because I couldn't really see how there would be much difference between December 31st, 2020 and January 1st of 2021 um, because the rates of infection were still super high. And I knew that running a school in at least the first half of 2021 was going to feel just the same as 2020. Um, but I also knew that I needed 2021 to feel different for me, even on January 1st. So because we couldn't change the circumstances that we were in, I instead really tried to focus on changing my response to my circumstances. And that was really the guiding force behind my intentions for this year. I decided that I was going to more proactively create the kind of life that I wanted to have for myself and my family. And that's really where this key phrase came in for me, which was 2021 is the year to rise from the ashes of 2020, so melodramatic, and to stitch together pieces of joy and gratitude into a quilt of contentment. And I really feel like I am living into the spirit of that intention. So for example, we decided to purchase and renovate a vacation home, even though that was not a goal that we set out to do. We just, when it when it became available, when it felt like it was something that would be meaningful to us, we decided to do it. And usually I, I tend to be sort of more rigid in my goal setting, like I'll set my intentions at the beginning of the year and then I'll just work really hard all year to make those happen. And this year I went in just feeling intentionally really trying to be more fluid and more flexible, but then still wanting to get to the end of the year and feeling proud of choices that we made. And so I feel really on track with that, which feels good. I love that. How do you find the sort of like energy to invest in looking towards the future when things are hard? It actually gives me energy. I'm just kind of a strangely wired brain like my the way my childhood trauma worked it was like to compartmentalize what was going on with me and then to look forward into the future and find hope and resilience in the future so the the more bad it is in the moment the more I want to just like double down and focus 
on the future and plan something in the future. So it's kind of an escape mechanism for me. Huh, that makes sense. And it, I think it's it's served you well because you've accomplished a lot of wonderful things probably using that in your life. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It's one of my greatest strengths and my greatest areas for growth at the same time. Catherine, which intentions are you struggling with or have you changed based on how the year is unfolding? So again, to just kind of touch on each of these four areas, um, the, the work on being true to myself, one of the intentions was to be intentional about nutrition. And I have halfway done that. I'm planning to buckle down on that in the second half of this year. Within being present with our family, one of the intentions was to celebrate holidays and traditions together. And I think that's something that's just like it just continued to feel weird to me to do that with just a smaller group of people than what we used to. But now that we're vaccinated, I'm really hoping to sort of do a better job of that in the next part of this year. And being intentional with our resources, creating a life-giving home was is one of the things that I feel like I haven't it's been hard, I think, since I am just here all the time at I'm working from home to really like get super excited about there's just so much like daily maintenance of just like picking up because we have like a homeschool that's meeting in our house three days a week, two to three days a week. And just like the daily maintenance of our house has been a lot. And so it's been harder to like invest in bigger picture projects um, in our home that I kind of want to do this year still. So hopefully with our school kids going back to public school and being out of the house more in the fall, that'll give us just more energy to sort of make that um, vision a reality. And then my last one being engaged in the world, I think it's been hard for me to figure out part of that is to be involved in our community. And I think it's been hard for me to figure out kind of what exactly that looks like during this time. Um, So some of the normal volunteer things that I had done before COVID, I haven't resumed. And I've been looking at different ways that I can do that with my family more going forward now that our girls are older. So I'm starting a Girl Scout troop. As I've mentioned, I'm going to get back involved in the leadership of my church. There's kind of like other opportunities, I think, in the next six months um, that I can that I can figure out and do to make that come alive. And then another thing that I'm wanting to do that was really vague at the beginning of this year, but I'm hoping will come into more clarity is that I want to create resources for others. I feel like I've just spent so much energy in the last couple of years on sort of this self-awareness um, journey. I want to kind of catalog some of that process and create some resources for other people. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but I've started doing some writing around some topics that I'm interested in documenting kind of what I've what I've learned and what I continue to learn in that area. So I hope that's another way that I can be more engaged in the world. That'd be awesome. I would love to look at those. And are you still working with your nutrition coach? I am. Yeah, I just I just recently started that. So I am. And the other thing I wanted to share was I talked last time about my friend Maya Hike Merlin who started she runs a Girl Scout troop and she just posted a picture from the troop and she said something like they started it when I think they were in kindergarten and now they're all going into middle school together and they've been together this whole time. It was just really beautiful and touching to see. That's adorable. Yeah, that's my hope. Is I think it'll be a great opportunity for my kids to sort of have intentional opportunities to practice community. So I'm really excited about that. So what intentions are you struggling with, Sarah? Or what have you? What are you wanting to change? 
There were two things I really want to double down on in the second half of the year. One is date nights with Matt. We have a whole plan, and I started to put the plan into motion. We're basically just going to swap children once a month. So on a Friday, my hope was to do it on a Friday night because we do our family movie nights anyway. So then our kids could just go to our friend's house, and they could watch a movie and eat with friends so their night would feel very similar And then Matt and I would have a night to ourselves. And we got our friends to agree, but Friday doesn't really work for them. Saturday works better. So I've just kind of been dragging my feet because it feels a little more disruptive on Saturdays. But I think I just need to bite the bullet and move forward with that. And then the other one is a calm home or a clean home. I'm really impacted by my physical space. And because of that, I really like things to be Put away and to be organized and yet I don't like cleaning or organizing things really on, on a daily basis. I like to do big projects at the beginning to give everything a spot but I don't like to on a daily basis maintain it as a routine and I was just reading a book uh, called I think the DNA of me and you or something and there was a quote there was the dad was a scientist and he said something about this mind-numbing, soul-sucking nature of housework or something. And I was like, that's me. That's how much I hate it. And um, so I just, I don't enjoy it. And it's a battle to get our kids to participate in it, which is frustrating to me to no end as a Montessorian who believes that children should do chores and should engage in in supporting the, the household. And it's hard enough to get them to just pick up their own stuff, yet alone support the family in any way. So that's a frustrating battle. So we kind of just skip over it all together and leave our house messy. And I don't like that feeling. So I really do want to kind of double down on a routine of making sure the kids are picking up after themselves before they start their screen time. We had kind of let them negotiate with us like, oh, we want to do it after our screen time and we promise we will. And we told them that that we were okay with trying that as but we would switch it if it wasn't working. And now it's not working. And so we need to come back and have that conversation with them, which again, it's not going to be very fun, but we're going to do that and hopefully have a calmer and cleaner home for the second half of the year. That's, yeah, that's really challenging. I think getting kids involved in, in cleaning. Do you pay someone? Do you have like someone who comes and cleans your house? We used to when we had two full time incomes. And then when Matt, when we dropped down to one income, that was one of the expenses that we cut eliminated from the budget. And so that's been really hard because Matt is supposed to be doing it, but then he's also doing things he's not supposed to be doing like homeschooling children and babysitting children a lot more because of COVID. So we literally kind of like don't clean our toilets right now and clean our shower like really nobody wants to come stay at our house right now um so and I'm less bothered by the actual cleaning it's I'm just literally I'm most bothered by this the clutter of kids pulling out costumes from the ottoman and then not putting them back in or they take the pillows off the couch and they build these amazing forts and then our house is just completely disheveled uh, or there are dishes left out so just kind of stuff like that and and what works, what tends to work really well is if right after dinner we say, okay, who wants to be the kitchen helper? Who wants to be the house helper? And then Matt goes into the kitchen with one kid and they are washing dishes and cleaning up after dinner. And then I'm working with the other kid cleaning up and restoring the house. So that's kind of what I think we'll go back to trying. 
Uh, like it just doesn't like the kids start throwing tantrums about it and it's annoying so we've just kind of let it unravel but that feels like the best thing to focus on next Hmm. it's interesting just to like think about your process because you're like a few years down the line from where I am so it makes me kind of like think back of like what are the things I want to be doing right now to like make my kids more responsible so that later they'll be in better shape for it we used to have somebody who cleaned too before COVID and it was like just super helpful for us not to have to do that stuff. So we could have more energy for like the bigger house projects and also for the daily cleaning, the daily picking up. Um, So I don't know, it's constantly just a, I think a, a thing to try to get the right balance because it's not fun. You know, I'm all about the paid professionals. For those of you out there who are on the fence about whether or not to hire a house cleaner, if you have the money, do it. Support someone else's income and make your life easier. It's win-win. Yep. Invest invest money in getting those hours back into your life. Um, and then on the date nights, I'm curious to know, like, is the kid swapping something that you have done for a long time? I love that idea, and I think that's something I've tried to, like, make happen in our lives, but I've never really found I – I, I think I need to just, like, find the right family that has the same number of kids, that's willing to do the right days and the right same consistency that we feel comfortable with letting our kids, you know, be there regularly. So I don't know. Yeah, babysitting is – an expense in the budget that has just never sat well with me because it's literally so expensive to get a babysitter for two kids. And if you go out, you need to go out for like three hours and like that's like $60 and that's just for the babysitter. That's not even for the dinner (laughs) or the movie. Like, and that's just so astronomical in, in our budget. So I've always done some, not always, but mostly have done some kind of childcare exchange. I had a really neat situation when my children were really young with other moms from our yoga group. We actually created little tokens. And so you could rely on anybody in the group. If you had tokens, you could ask anybody who was willing to babysit and then you would give them your token. So it didn't have to be a one-on-one exchange, which was really nice. Oh, that's nice. And so I loved that system. And I've written about that on my blog, so we can link to that in case anyone's eager to get something like that going. But now because of COVID, we just work with the one family that we've kind of been in a pod with this whole time. And our kids are just so comfortable at each other's houses. And and so that like the, the kids will actually look forward to it. Whereas now they actually hate the idea of a babysitter. Um, they just kind of hate being away from us, which is strange because they were fine with it when they were younger. But that's what the, the friend thing just always works out better for us. Hmm, that's interesting. I like having babysitters, I think, in this stage of life where we are because I like coming home to the kids already being asleep in our, yeah. like, and not, like, just the, it's so relaxing to get to skip doing bedtime. So we really enjoy that. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. What are the top things you want to make true in the second half of the year, Catherine? So I have a couple of goals. One, I have a goal of reaching um, a weight loss goal of 170 pounds. That'll be the lightest I've been in my adult life. And so I'm looking forward to that. Just a few pounds lighter than where I was right after I lost weight after having Sugi. And then I had the year of burnout and then I've had the year of COVID. And so I want to get back to that. Um, And then a second thing I want to do is this kind of like resource creation and or maybe um, enrolling in some kind of certificate training program at the intersection of trauma and spirituality, which I was mentioning earlier of like, 
I kind of had this like interest in pursuing that in a more formal way, but I don't know what that should look like right now. So I want to do some, some research and, and exploration and sort of get some clarity around that. And then I want to continue to lean into delight. I know that's something we've kind of talked about, but um, just sort of fine tuning my sort of interior awareness of like what really brings me joy. I think that's something that I feel like I was kind of in tune with before I had kids. And then my life with like really young kids was so much about just meeting their needs all the time. Now I'm kind of like trying to circle back around that for myself, um, which I think is actually really good, not just for me, but also for my kids to see me modeling that for them. And then the last thing is to just figure out what it looks like to re-engage with our immediate community and sort of expand our interaction with people again post-COVID, hopefully post-COVID, I don't know, at least for a little while. Right now, it feels good to be able to do that. Um, And I want to really be intentional about sort of what that looks like, which I think I've kind of talked about before, but I was recently reading some research on, I spent a lot of time thinking about closing the opportunity gap. And I was reading some research on social capital and Mm -hmm. there was sort of like a diagram that had like concentric circles of like the people that are in our immediate circle of like who we're closest to and then kind of expanded circles out from there. And we can put a link to that. There was like a little um, quiz that you could take to sort of identify like how many people you had in different um, rings. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting for me just to think about like, who are the people that I like the four people that I want to be in my innermost ring. And then sort of like, what are, what are the people, the 10 or 12 people in the next ring? And then how is, how, if I were to look at how my time breaks down in terms of how I invest Mm -hmm. time in the relationships that are important to me, does my time map onto those intentions? And so I think sort of this, you know, coming out of being really strict about COVID, I have the opportunity to sort of reestablish that in a more intentional way and so that's sort of the last thing that I really want to to put some thought into and to sort of do in an intentional way as I head into the second half of the year. I'm super fascinated by that idea, and I'm wondering if we should even do a podcast about it because I feel like I would really benefit from going through that same kind of exercise. In, in some ways, I feel like I have like high-functioning autism when it comes to relationships because I literally do best when – I keep a list of my friends at the front of my notebook, which sounds so insane, but I just get so busy in the day-to-day or I get so in my own head about these projects I want to take on that I just literally forget to prioritize connecting with people who matter to me. And when I do connect with them, it's like this breath of fresh air. And so I like having the list at the front to, to just even jog my memory. Have I connected with this person? Have I connected with this person? So I'm interested in, I've always done it just with my my closest circle people, but I'd be interested to kind of go through that activity to be more intentional about the wider circle and what that level of connection looks like too. Because right now I feel like I have lots of people in all these circles, but there's no sort of intention between like deepening those connections and even the ones in the outer ring I want to have like deep touch points with even if it's once a year I still want to have that line of connection whereas and whereas there are other people where I'm sort of like I can let that go and let that wither and like actually cross that off my list so that I'm it's not just sitting there and I'm thinking oh I haven't connected with that person in a long time if I don't actually need to or want to 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of spending some time with that. So we'll have to check back in about that. I think, but I think like the theory that I was reading was like, that you really can only have, especially if you're like married and you have young kids, because that like takes up some of the spots in your most innermost mm-hmm. circle. Like you really can only have a couple of other people in there. And so to kind of just think about like how I think culture often tells us who those people should be, that maybe it should be our immediate family that are, you know, our parents or our siblings, or it should be somebody that we've been friends with since childhood. But like, is that really what you want it to be? I think just kind of like for me, just sort of like really digging deep into like what relationships bring me the most delight and which people do I feel like are um, the people that I want to be most vulnerable with. Um, That's been just a big part of this kind of like whole exploration for me in the last couple of years. And I really look forward to just kind of like really sitting with that and getting clear on that and then having really explicit conversations with some of those people about kind of like where they are in my circles, you know, the people that are in the innermost circle and then the people that are kind of like in the second and third circles. Like I want, there might be people that I need to say, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, spend time with you every week like we did before COVID, but like, let's maybe think about monthly get together. So I kind of um, have some navigating to do, I think, around trying to figure out what I want that to look like. Okay, don't cut me out of your life, Catherine. I've got a once every two weeks slot for one hour. I'm not going to. You're on. (laughs) All right, Sarah, what about you? What are some things you want to make true for yourself in the second half of this year? Well, the second half of the year is always really interesting for me because it marks the start of the school year. And so it's like this natural New Year's Eve all over again for me, which I actually love because it's so rejuvenating. It's refreshing. So I really do kind of step back and not make a whole new set of intentions. I kind of do make a whole new set of intentions, but they tend to be more professional. So I kind of do my personal intention setting in January and my professional intention setting in July. So I'm looking forward to that. And I also, in in terms of personal, uh, I, I do want to incorporate more legitimate exercise into my life. I'm calling it legitimate because I do walk on my treadmill one mile an hour during meetings for like two hours a day, which is a lot of steps. And so I'm very proud of that. And I want to give myself kudos for that. But I basically stopped running when COVID hit. And I really want to bring more weight-bearing exercise into my life because that's really strongly recommended as as I head into perimenopause and um, because the risk of osteoporosis just starts to increase as you get older. So I want to do weight-bearing stuff, which I've never really done. Um, so I think, I'm thinking I'm going to join the YMCA when we get back from Hawaii. It's only about $58 a month. And so I, I, I think they have like a weight circuit and I kind of want to see if they'll train me to do the weight circuit. And then also I would like to do some lap swimming. I think that would be really soothing at the YMCA. Um, and then also, I mean, related, related to this, and it connects to your goal too, and I always feel self-conscious talking about weight because I know there's a lot of people who feel like talking about weight is really the antithesis of being body positive. And, and I'm not trying to talk about anyone else or what any, where anybody else is with their weight, but for me, Weight is really a helpful indicator of my overall health because there really is this straight, this straight, it's not straight, but 
this direct line, this, I don't, my math is failing me, my calculus math, whatever that kind of line is, this direct correlation, like as I eat more unhealthy foods and do less exercise, I gain weight. And then if I start exercising and start eating healthier food, I lose weight. Uh, and one of the things that the research shows for perimenopause is that women tend to start gaining weight a lot more easily. And, you know, it's easy to gain two pounds a year for your entire life. And, and that's, a lot, that's a lot of extra weight to keep putting on, um, especially when you're trying to, like, take care of your joints and you're trying to have lots of energy because extra fat can really play with your hormones and, and um, interact with them in negative ways. So I'm being really conscious, especially for me, because, you know, bodies are different and everybody puts on extra weight in different parts of their body. And for me, I put it on in my abdomen, which is associated with the biggest risk for women during perimenopause. It, le it leads to correlated with higher risk for heart disease and other things. Um, so my body just is that way, likes to carry it around the middle like a little flotation device. So thank you, body. So I want to really work on getting that weight off. Um, and, and it's not even COVID weight. I have gotten my COVID weight off, so I'm proud of that. But I've got this last this last little bit that I want to get off and then really be intentional about keep trying to keep it off year after year. I love that. And I love how mindful you are in talking about it. I think that for me too, it's not like I think there's a certain number or a certain way that your body looks that indicates necessarily health or success for sure. But for I just like I feel better and I have more energy and I feel better. Like I feel just lighter and like easier on like because I we enjoy a lot of really active things as a family and like hiking and chasing after kids and riding bikes is just easier for me. Um, so that's kind of my my intention there. Now for our last question, which strategy from the how to make a change list works the best for you, Catherine? And I'll be sure to link this list to others if they're looking for ideas about how to make a change. Because I know everybody has a different style for what works for them in terms of making a change happen for them. So I loved looking at the list. And for me, the top, the first two were really the most impactful. The plan backwards, it kind of talked about what might you need to do or to learn in order to adapt a new habit. So kind of thinking about the end and then planning the steps backwards. And I think that kind of comes from my curriculum planning, lesson planning days of thinking about like what are the learning objectives and what are the steps we need to get there. I do a lot of that in my personal goal setting and in my goal setting with my kids and my family. And the other one that was right there at the beginning of the list was to start at the end, which felt kind of similar to me, but the start on the start at the end was really a more about more about how are you going to feel once you've reached this goal and how can you use kind of like the emotional experience and the um just the anticipation of hitting the goal to sort of help pave your journey, both in terms of thinking about what resources you're going to need on the journey and in terms of figuring out what supports you're going to need um, to make it happen and kind of like what what's going to motivate you to get there. And so I really loved those, that kind of the pairing of, of both of those, of thinking about the end, how it feels, both and also kind of like just the cognitive aspect of what the steps need to be to get there. Yeah, those sound really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Sure. What about you, Sarah? The one that resonated me, with me the most related to my health 
habit is this build a routine. The questions she poses are, when does this new behavior you want to undertake happen? Where does it happen? How does it start? How does it end? And she says that our brains love repetition and routine. So it's not just my brain that loves those things. And so specifically for the exercise and the healthy eating, I, I am a creature of habit. And so I, I've started, as in my planning for next school year, I've started thinking through when do my meetings make the most sense? When am I going to be on campus for observations versus when am I working from home to give other people space to lean into leadership without me there all the time? And so kind of thinking about what my schedule looks like, how exercise fits in there, Uh, at the best times. And so I literally know the start time. I know the end time. I have a sense of what clothing I will wear, what I will bring with me. So then I I won't really have an excuse. It'll just be like, here's the day. Let's go. This is what I said I was going to do. And same thing with healthier meals. I I can literally eat the same thing every day for a month. I am a a special creature (laughs) and for better and worse. And so I can just go on autopilot. If I find a healthy lunch that I like, I can eat it every day for a month uh, without too much rigmarole or even fighting with myself about craving something that's less healthy. Like if I just don't have it in the house and I do have my healthy lunch there, then I just go from there. So I think that's what I'll be leaning on as I work health into the second half of my year. That's great. I would recommend Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you haven't read that, for any of our listeners, it's really about sort of like how to build how to build habits. And it sounds like um, it just sort of really resonates with what you're talking about. And I know that Gretchen Rubin's work has resonated a lot with people that I admire too, because she talks specifically about there being different types of people that are motivated in different ways. And so really having that self-knowledge about yourself and leaning into that and not just like what somebody else does to make change in their life. I think that's a really powerful idea too. Well, that's it for today's topic. Now it's time for our tips and tricks segment. Catherine, what do you want to share? So I just wanted, we just came back from this vacation and something we did on the trip that I'm really happy about is that we ate one meal a day, at least sometimes two from grocery stores, which was normally just a yogurt for me, um, a high protein yogurt. And then for the kids, like their crackers or yogurt and fruit or some broccoli or carrot sticks. Um, But I... Don't know why that feels like a tip or trick to me because it's probably super obvious and a lot of people probably do that. But like when I was little, we never did that and we would eat out three meals a day and feel so overstuffed. And um, it just like just knowing that I can just pick up like a two dollar yogurt like that feels great on my budget. It feels so much better on my body to have sort of like that break from eating restaurant food. And so... If anyone's not already doing that and is trying to think about how to take healthier vacations and want to be able to indulge but also not feel bad, I would recommend grocery store meals while traveling. I'm the opposite. I would love to eat out every single meal because I hate shopping. I hate cooking. But because of our budget, and Hawaii is so expensive. The restaurants are expensive, but so are the groceries. Uh, But we've been actually eating two meals a day at home and one meal a day out. But then it doesn't stop my husband from buying things 
really bad junk food at the grocery store, things you would never eat at home, like Cheez-Its, which are so delicious. And they even made Rice Krispie treats today. So like we ate like the whole pan in one morning. It's just out of control over here. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to increase the number of pounds I need to lose by the time I get back from this situation, but that's okay. Oh my gosh, that's funny. You guys are like legit cooking. That's not like when we do grocery <laughs> when we do grocery store meals, I'm talking like we just stop at the grocery store, go in, eat it in the car, and then keep like something that we don't have to cook. We do sometimes cook when we have like because we road trip a lot, we don't really we're not really normally in the same place long enough to like have oil or like accumulate ingredients. So it's normally just like stuff that we can um can eat there. So but I love that you're cooking. What tip or trick would you like to share today, Sarah? I want to share the $100 foosball table. We bought this for our vacation home off of Amazon, and it's not quite as big and sturdy as a foosball table out in the real world, but it's close enough. And for people who like foosball, it's really fun to be able to access it. And I just find... My kids are 10 and almost 8, and it's just really fun to play two-on-two. And so we'll put the best adult, which is not me, with the child who is not the best. And then we put the less good adult with the better kid, and we're pretty evenly matched in that way. And so it's just really fun for our family to play foosball. That sounds fun. I have this great image of you guys all um, battling it out over a foosball table. And I have this idea that if we remove the scorekeeping things from the foosball table and we keep a piece of plywood in the closet, then we can have a makeshift ping pong table when we want it. And I, you know how much I love ping pong. So I'm, I'm in investigating this, this idea too. Yeah, that sounds fun. Now let's close out our episode with Facing Forward. Catherine, how did you do on your intentions from the past two weeks? And what new intentions do you want to set for yourself for the next two weeks? So for the last two weeks, I went on vacation was one of my goals. That was awesome. And then the second thing was to spend some time thinking about our sort of cash flow change that's coming up with the girls going into public school and me having a new position at work. Um, And I got my... 403B rolled over into my 401k from my previous employer. So I got that done, which has been on my to-do list, I think, for a year. And then I also changed the amount that I'm contributing to my 401k and changed some Roth stuff. So I made some progress there. I'm still not sure that's how I want it to be forever, but I at least um, got some more money going in that direction pre-tax. So yay! And then for the next two weeks, um, I'm starting a new job next Monday. So I'm really excited about that. And then I, we're also, our kids are still doing the homeschool pod over the summer, but they're doing more of a school day schedule where instead of doing 11 to 4, they're going to be doing 7.15 to 2, 7.45 to 2.15. And so just kind of for our family to sort of adjust over the next two weeks to getting them out the door earlier is like going to be an actual thing. Um, And then the third thing is I'm going to finalize the Girl Scout troop calendar for the coming academic year. I'm really excited about getting that off the ground and having our first meeting soon. What about you, Sarah? What did you accomplish in the last two weeks? And what do you want to make true for yourself in the next two weeks? 
Well, we got our vacation house almost ready, even though it nearly killed us. The number of furniture pieces that we had to put together from Target and Wayfair and Ikea made our hands numb. Matt's hands more than mine because he did more than I did. I was kind of doing the Joanna Gaines thing of like putting the pillows on the couch and like decorating and like he was being chip and doing all the hard work. Uh, We sadly weren't able to rent it out in June because we just couldn't get it ready in time, but we did get it set up enough to take pictures of it and get it posted on the short-term rental sites like Airbnb and VR and Verbo, which is what they call it now. And we've already got nine reservations for the next couple of months. So that feels good. Yay, it's coming together. And then for the next two weeks, we are still in Hawaii. We are starting to revisit some of our favorite spots. We've now gone to the goat dairy farm twice, and we're going to the same restaurants twice. So it's a lot of fun to start to feel like we're living here for a little while. And then we're going to head back to the vacation house for, I don't even know how many days, maybe 10 days. And and my parents are coming to stay with us at the vacation house. It's going to be really nice uh, to, because they wouldn't have fit in our Austin house. There's not enough like rooms and beds. And so the vacation house is a perfect place to meet up with them. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. I love how that space is already creating opportunities for connection for you. Well, that's all for this episode of So Connected. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find the show notes at SoConnectedPodcast.com or you can find me, Sarah, on my blog at FeedingTheSoil.com. You can also find us on Instagram at SoConnectedPodcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would be so grateful for your review in Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. See you in two weeks. Wishing you joy, purpose, and community between now and then.